Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of So Talk to Me, episode 106. Why'd you say that like it's a question? <laughs> I don't know. Just because there's an ellipses. So it leaves <laughs> things open. And I just thought but it would be fun. This is So Talk to Me podcast. So talk to me <laughs> podcast. Not a question. Don't question why you're, you're here. You're in the right place if this is the podcast you meant to listen to. It's true. So talk to me. Um, th- yeah, don't just be glad you're here. Um, maybe at the end you'll question why you're here, but <laughs> for now, you don't have to. Um, also, I just want to start off this episode on a low note and say <laughs> if, you hear, uh, if you hear any water trickling in the background, it's because I'm dumb and I filled up our water um, filtration I system. I can't even thingy. hear it right now, so I okay. don't I can kind of hear it in really? my headphones. So yeah, you probably can't hear it, but I'm just saying we're not recording this in the restroom. There's no one peeing in the background. All it's right. just water dripping through a filter. Um, you had to go there. I did. I went there, and now here we are. All right. So how you doing, Samantha? <laughs> I'm good. It's been this week has been different. Um. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because you said, it's been, and I thought of a song, and I'm not going to say the song. So, anyways. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm curious. It's, it's stupid. It's been one week. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, see, you know. You know. Okay. It's because you said it, and then you paused. Um, <laughs> check the tape. Go back. You can tell. I'm not crazy. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so. What were you saying? (laughs) (laughs) This week has been different. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I've actually spent a good amount of time out of the house Mm -hmm. by myself, which Mm -hmm. like never happens. Nope. So, because I had a a meeting Wednesday afternoon and then a meeting Wednesday evening and then, um, uh, well, we're, we're, recording this on thursday mm-hmm. night um mm-hmm. but i had a, a choir practice tonight mm-hmm. um which i haven't been a part of a choir in probably like 11 years wow i know that's crazy which i let's see how many years was i in choir Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Sorry, that's confusing. I realize y'all probably think I'm counting years. I'm counting grades and I'm <laughs> counting years on my hand. <laughs> so that's probably confusing since you can't see me <laughs> or know what's going on in my head. Um, so I spent, I guess, like seven years in choir and I've been out of it for 11. So, oh, that makes me sad. But, I mean, it, it's kind of like riding a bicycle. Like, you don't do it for a while, but you just sort of, when you do ride a bicycle again, like, you know how to ride a bicycle. You know, does that make sense? hmm Well, so, yeah. and also, you've been singing. It's not like you haven't been singing. I mean, you know, it's different. Well, yeah, than but I haven't been, choir, like, reading still... music for okay. that long. Okay, yeah. But, Fair yeah. Enough. It wasn't hard to pick it back up again. 
which is encouraging. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I love singing in choir. It's awesome. Yes. Um, and what else? Oh, we got uh, Ollie's birthday party on mm-hmm. Saturday. Yep. Just a busy. We have a date night, Friday night. I'm going to go see Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. What wild night. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> I'll bet things aren't going to go well for some of the characters. <laughs> And it's going to make you want to cry. And then by the end of it, things will get better. Yay. Since this is the mo- like, this is supposed to be the, the end of Downton Abbey, right? I ha- honestly have no idea. Oh, okay. Watch. It's just like two of the episodes fused together that you've already seen. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I doubt they do that. I, I assume that this was supposed to be the very end. Because the thing with Downton Abbey, I think I've said it on the podcast before, but the thing with Downton Abbey, because you've watched through all of it, you really mm-hmm. liked it. I think it's a really well done show. I think it certainly went on longer than it should have. But I think, yeah, it's definitely really well done. Most do. Yeah. In terms of acting and just like it's shot really well. It's a beautiful show, you know, music and everything. It's it's done very, very well. However, um, my issue with the show is that nothing ever stays right with anyone. Like the show goes downhill, like something bad happens. And then it starts to take a turn, you know, like after six episodes of fighting and fighting and fighting, things seem to be getting better and then stuff just tanks. And <laughs> like as soon as the, what's her face and and what's his name are right about to get married, oh, well, something pulls him away and then he dies and then she <laughs> like finds out she has an ovarian cyst. You know, it's just like nothing ever goes right in that show. And so I'm imagining that that's what's going to happen in this movie. But maybe they'll put a bow on it and maybe it'll be like, but everything will be right in the end. (laughs) And then, you know, the music will play and the the credits will scroll and everyone will stand up and give a cheering ovation with tears streaming down their eyes. I doubt that will happen, but. (sighs) Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) But it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun for you. I'm (laughs) I'm kidding. <laughs> see, this is why I was hesitant to even ask, like, to go see this movie. You've seen plenty of movies that I didn't, that you didn't care about, just because I did. That's true. So, yeah, it's fun. It'll be fun. I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm excited to just hang out. I don't really care about the movie, but yeah. But Alamo has good food and drinks, so it'll be fun. Yeah, that's true. And we'll get to sit next to each other and hold hands and cuddle. So that's nice too. Maybe, depending on how the seats work. Maybe no cuddles, but that's okay. <laughs> you can always come home and cuddle. <laughs> um, so that was fun. <laughs> uh, no, it will be fun tonight. Wow, I just blew out the microphone. Sorry. Um, it will be fun tonight when we go. If you're listening to this on the day that it drops. Um, but last week, so like you said, it's wibbly wobbly. I don't even like Doctor Who. Oh my goodness. I'm so surprised you just quoted (gasps) Doctor Who. I don't hate Doctor Who. I'm just not a fan. I think it's overrated. Um, (laughs) but, oh, so yeah, this weekend is Ollie's party, Mm -hmm. but his actual birthday was last week. I don't remember if we talked about that. I think we did. I think we 
sure we mentioned it we mentioned his it birthday, last episode. Yeah. his birthday was last saturday he's four that's insane <laughs> we have a four-year-old boy and he looks more like a boy now too it's crazy and i measured him this morning and he's grown like a whole inch yep. since the last time we measured him mm-hmm. crazy it is that kid man growing up mm-hmm. soon he'll be packing his bags moving into a dorm shut your mouth <laughs> josh broccolo will be his voice will start cracking <laughs> of acne I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I don't know. I don't know if our sk- our our kids are going to struggle with acne. Yeah, I doubt it. You didn't. Not really. And neither did I. We'll see what happens. I had like flawless skin as a teenager. I look back on pictures and I'm like, I miss that. Because <laughs> I don't now. I'm like 30 years old and I get breakouts and stuff. I'm like, what? what is happening? I don't know. Your Anyways. Ho- your hormones are weird. They are. Your body's weird. It, it is. It does weird things. It does. It's crazy. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Enough about me. How's <laughs> well, your we, week? See, we were talking about Ollie, but somehow it turned into that conversation. <laughs> um, no, yeah, so he turned four, and that was fun. Uh, we went out to a little kid's resale shop. We've talked about him before. They're called Kid to Kid, and he really likes it there. So we let him like pick out a present. Uh, we had donuts because that's our thing. That's our th- we just birthdays. We have donuts for breakfast. Like yep. it just. I don't know why it's a thing my parents did, and so it's a thing that we we've kept carried the on. tradition yeah. going. And the kids freaking love donuts. So <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> donuts. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess I just don't. It's fried dough with frosting on it's top. True. Like yeah. And the frosting is like the part that they go for. Like they will literally eat the top half of a donut and leave the bottom half if it doesn't have any kind of like glaze on it. They're not too big into the dough. They're just way into the glaze and the chocolate and the sprinkles and the fun stuff like that. Which is why I always go for the jelly filled ones. Those are my favorite. But I'm not a big fan of jelly filled, but you're crazy. The cream filled. Yep. Cream filled are amazing. Like the the Boston cream is my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. With the chocolate frosting on top. I love it. Oh my goodness, I want one right now mm. so bad. <laughs> well, you'll have to make do with your glass of port there. I know. Poor me with my glass of port. <laughs> oh darn, the adult <laughs> juice. Um. So yes, oh yeah, yeah. So we had donuts, we went to Kid to Kid, and then we let him pick where he wanted to go for lunch. and. Man, he is my son. I love him so much. <laughs> he chose Chick Fil A. Now, granted, you know he's only been a handful. I mean, of we only gave him two choices. We were like, "Do That's you want to go to Chick Fil A or do you want to go to Costco?" Because those are really the only two places that I've taken him like to eat. Yeah, for lunch. Yeah, because Costco is crazy cheap, and their pizza is pretty good. Yeah, it is. And then Chick Fil A is just amazing. So we usually go there. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> and they absolutely love Chick-fil-A. I mean, who doesn't? Why wouldn't you? Unless you're a monster. Um, <laughs> so he chose Chick-fil-A. It's true. Our son is not a monster. Because he's, <laughs> he's a smart boy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I was thinking, like, we could take him to McDonald's and give him a Happy Meal. Because 
Okay, you're giving me a really weird face right now. Um, why I'm would you go to McDonald's not for when the food, you have the option but he would of get Chick-fil-A. a toy with it? But they didn't but have they very good toys. They had toys like kind of lame toys. Chick Fil A. That's true. They get meals. little ones. Yeah. But they didn't seem to care about them that much this well, time around because they've gotten the same ones before. Yeah. Huh. That's true. Well, there you go. But they don't care about the toy. I They're guess like. Not. French fries and chicken nuggets and a playground. Like, that's what they care about. They care about playing on the playscape and All those French things fries. are also at McDonald's. Except McDonald's is disgusting. Okay, but they don't know that. Like, I'm not, I'm not comparing, I'm not saying McDonald's is as good as Chick-fil-A. No flipping way. <laughs> Chick-fil-A is, is leagues better. I mean, it's just in a totally different category. What I'm saying is I think it would be fun for them to get a happy meal from McDonald's. Cause I think, so you say they don't care about the toy, but they've like literally pulled out McDonald's toys from like a toy chest or like kid to kid or somewhere and played with them and like enjoyed those toys. So I think if those toys were themed to something that they actually liked, then they totally go for it and they'd be excited for it. Yeah. That's all that I'm saying. What? That's why they they bank on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I was thinking, not for myself, but for my son, it would be a cool experience for him. But the toys that McDonald's had were just like some, like, he wouldn't have cared. So, Like Barbie or something? I didn't even bring it up. I don't remember, honestly. It it was probably something like that. Some sort of off-brand doll thingy that's just like, okay, whatever. (laughs) No big deal. Random person doll. So, but anyways, yep, we did Chick Fil A, and they loved it. They had a blast, and then we came home, and they crashed. Yep, that was pretty much his birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then you went out in the evening. Yeah, because it's for my cousin's birthday. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's all you wanted to talk about for your how you're doing your week. No, I, I didn't even get into my week. I, just I know, that's mentioned. why I asked. I said, and how are you? And then yeah. you went into Ollie's birthday. Yes, that's true. That's true. I mentioned, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to bring up that our little boy is four, which is crazy. Um, no, it's been, a, it's been a good week. It's always, always has to be very just regimented. Just busy. Because I, uh, I wasn't, it's I just was trying not, busy. not to say that. Um, but yeah, it's true. I mean, there's just a lot going on. Lots of schoolwork, lots of stuff. Man, you know how I, I say this all the time, but like things never seem to slow down at work. It seems like it is just ramping up because. Well, yeah, there's lots of changes. Yeah. Yeah. Not this Sunday, but the Sunday after, um, we are launching a new service and uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned that before. So There's just a lot that goes into getting the room ready. I ordered, you know, microphones and stands and stuff like that. Got stuff set up, you know, cleared away a ton of old stuff from the room. We actually took down the stage lights in the room, too. So there there has just been a lot of work that's been poured into that. And, of course, we need to have a... uh, We're doing, like, a dress rehearsal kind of a thing just to kind of tune the room to make sure it sounds good for Sunday. Before Sunday, um... And that's going to be this Sunday after church, you know, for like half an hour. So I had to get everything ready for this Sunday before the actual start date 
of the Sunday after. So I had to kind of like determine, okay, what absolutely needs to be done (laughs) for the dress rehearsal and what can I push off till next week? Because then also next week, we have a conference on Saturday that's like going to be live streamed in one of the rooms. Um, So not only does that take up a majority of the day, it's from like 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. So, you know, I'll probably be there at like 7.30. I have to rent a projector and set up a screen uh, so that we have like a nice bright projector, a nice image in the room for everyone to stare at instead of, you know, just like our normal projectors, I guess. So, um, yeah, there's that. There's the launch of the new service. And I've been tasked with a bunch of stuff for our website. There's like a bunch of renovations and stuff that need to be done. And so that's taken up a lot of my time because half of that time is learning and the other half is like, okay, deciding on, on things that need to be done. And how it needs to be done as I'm learning. Like, but hey, how to by do the it. end of it, you'll know how to build a website from scratch. Yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that could that's possibly be a new avenue of income. It's true. It's true. Possibly. Let's just let's get through now. <laughs> yeah, and see I'm what just, it looks like yeah, on the no, other side. I'm just like on the bright side. Yeah, kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so it's forced me to be very um, uh, particular with my schedule. I'll put it that way. Like plan out my days ahead of time to make sure that I have the time. And of course, everything takes longer than I expect it to take. So that's fun. Um, but how's yeah. school? School is doing okay. I've got another quiz tomorrow that I'm going to take. And I don't expect to do well based on the last couple of quizzes, but you know, it's just. But what that's not happens. entirely your fault. Those quizzes are weird. Yeah, they are, and they're frustrating. But I've just kind of like they're like, hey, I'll do what I can. Half of it's like, here's what we covered, and you do well on that, and the last half's like, we didn't really talk about this at all. So answer some of these questions. But you did memorize the maps, every map that you've seen, right? <laughs> you memorized them all, even though we didn't talk about, even though we didn't focus on that region. You have it memorized, and it's major cities memorized, right? <laughs> Heck to the no. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not Ain't nobody really... got time for that. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean, seriously. Like, there's enough in the class already. I mean, honestly... <laughs> Gosh, I hope my professor doesn't listen to this. Um, it's like, so the class is about, you know, the, the geography of ancient Israel. Which is super in- interesting, by yeah, the way. Totally, totally. I, I've learned a lot from the class. Like, it's really cool to go back and read Old Testament stories and be like, oh, I actually know, like, the regions that they're talking about. Like, I, I get this now and in, in how it all kind of works together. Um which is what I am like focusing on. Like that's the kind of stuff that um, is really like I'm going to take with me, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it helps like in interpretation to have more context. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm not seeking to memorize absolutely everything. Oh yeah. Like how how could you? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) It seems like that's what some of these tests are expecting. And people like, have lives, dang it. Yeah. 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 That's just not the purpose for which that I'm taking the class. Like I'm 
I, I'm learning a lot and I'm happy with what I'm learning. I'm not, I, I just don't have the time to put in that extra, you know, few hours a week of like really trying to, to memorize yeah. smaller cities that aren't really talked about, you know, in smaller regions, like, or even if they're talked about in like one passage or two passages, like, like it. I can read my textbook and read how it's referenced in that one passage and I'm okay. I don't need to actually memorize that. It's the stuff, it's the, it's the stuff like seeing Jerusalem in relation to Bethlehem, in relation to uh, Jericho, in relation to the Jezreel Valley. Like it's things like that that really helps me. Like learning the regions, I guess, yeah. as in the major cities as opposed to, you know, where De Beer is or. I'm I'm trying to think of another like obscure little little town. It doesn't matter. Know. So just keep going. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm done. Yeah, I'm busy. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but school, you know, I mean, school's school's good. I'm I'm I've got three more weeks. Uh, two weeks after this week, and I have to finish a finish. <laughs> I've started on it, but I have to write the actual text of a, a research paper that's supposed to be like 10 to 15 pages. So I'm going to be working on that over the next couple weeks in addition to the kind of weekly stuff that's coming up. So, uh, but I, I wrote an outline for that last week. And so I'm, I'm excited to actually write it. It's funny because after writing the outline, it's like, I, um, even though, again, this is a geography course, like a lot of what I'm planning on writing is much more like, practical and expositional as opposed to like facts about geography does yeah. that make sense like how does like what is the ge what are the images in the text the geographical images in the text what does that have to do with what god is communicating in this story mm -hmm. does that make sense and then what is the application of that um so it's kind of funny it's like in that 10 pages, I already know based on my outline, like a lot of that is going to be much more practical. And so a lot of like God showing his power through things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and humanity showing their arrogance through things. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot of that, not necessarily a lot about like just the geography of yeah. Israel if that makes sense. So, uh, but no, I'm, I'm excited for it. Like, yeah, even just in, in finalizing my outline, I'm pretty stoked. So anyways, I've been rambling for a while, so <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm and tired, now but I'm we're going to talk about something really random and weird. Yes. Yes. I just, you know, the name of the podcast is so talk to me. And I just wanted to talk to you about an article that I read the other day that is one of the weirdest articles that I've run across in a long time. So this is just going to be like a, a weird, like fun episode. And I just want to see where this conversation this is takes like us. like story time. Yes, exactly. Like and really weird, convoluted story time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, I stumbled upon this article from the Daily Mail over in the UK. 
Okay, it's a news article. Apparently, it's an exclusive. This is the the headline, and the UK has weird. I mean, America has weird headlines as well. Uh, this is like a thirty word headline. Okay, so this is the exclusive from the Daily Mail. She tried to kill us. Indiana mother who adopted six year old Ukrainian girl with dwarfism has been charged with abandonment, but claims her quote daughter was found to be a 22-year-old, quote, sociopath masquerading as a child. That's the headline. <laughs> That's a really long headline. Yeah, exactly. I feel like <laughs> they could have, they you know, chopped that down a little bit. Okay, so here are the bullet points. It actually starts off with bullet points. I'm not going to read all of them, um, but here, here's where it starts off. So Christine Barnett, 45, and her ex-husband, Michael Barnett, 43, have been charged with abandoning their daughter when she was nine years old in Lafayette, Indiana, and fleeing to Canada. Okay? So they had adopted this girl, this six-year-old Ukrainian girl with dwarfism, and apparently when she was nine, so they had her for three years, they abandoned her and moved to Canada. Okay? So that's, already it's just like, Jeez, like this is a terrible story. But that's only the beginning. (laughs) So uh, it says here in an exclusive interview with the Daily Mail TV, Christine denies the claims and says that she and Michael were victims of a fraud, claiming that the girl that they adopted was an adult con artist who tried to kill her. Okay, so the girl wasn't six. She was actually an adult. Um, So. Some of the details here. So Christine and Michael agreed to the emergency adoption of a Ukrainian-born Natalia Grace in May of 2010 from Florida, and they were told that she was six years old. Um, so instead of going through the bullet points now, I'll, I'll just jump down into the actual article because this is such a crazy story. Okay, so... It says the police say that the girl was left to fend for herself for three years. So they left her. Again, they moved to Canada. For three years, they left her to fend for herself. Despite having a rare form of dwarfism, that means she's three feet tall and has problems walking. Okay. In an exclusive interview with this publication at an undisclosed location, Christine insists that there's a major flaw in their case. Natalia was not a nine-year-old, as charging documents claim. She was actually 22. Okay, she claims that the true victims are her and her family who were terrorized for years by the mysterious imposter who threatened to stab them in their sleep, pushed her towards an electric fence, and poured bleach in her coffee. Okay, so this apparent, this girl who has dwarfism, okay, so so it makes sense, like, okay, you know, like if their parents are the adoptive parents are claiming that this girl was, you know, an adult when the adoption papers said that she was six or nine, you know, depending at the beginning or at the end of the this adoption or you know when they abandoned her. Um, she has dwarfism. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know she looks regardless. She looks younger. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Okay, so here's another quote from Christine. Sorry, I'm so quiet. I'm like over here reading the article while you're talking. This is crazy. Okay, Uh, she said that she was standing over people in the middle of the night and you couldn't go to sleep. They had to hide all of the sharp objects in the house. Uh, Then she says, I saw her putting chemicals, bleach, 
Windex and something like that in my coffee. And I asked her, what are you doing? And she said, I am trying to poison you. So she literally told her adoptive parents that she was trying to poison them. Which, if you understand, um, like, some of the troubled kids who come from, especially, okay, so in this case, it was an emergency adoption. Um, I think it talks about this later in the article, sorry. It was, it was a thing where, like, it had to be done in 24 hours. Um, so that tells you, like, she probably came from a troubled home, mm-hmm. right? So it's plausible that someone like that um, could be acting out, right? So there's two sides to every story. This is her story, and she's saying, oh, well, she was trying to kill us. I mean, I'm not going to say that's common, but at the same time, like, yeah, kids Maybe she heard that in her previous home or something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, But trying to pour bleach in your coffee, that's kind of insane. Uh, Okay, so this is another thing that... um, the Christine said, she said that Natalia was a woman. She had periods. She had adult teeth. She never grew a single inch, which would happen even with a child with dwarfism, right? So even at six years old for three years, you would grow at least a little bit, yeah, right? During those three years. So she's like, no, this was a, a full on woman. Um, The doctors all confirmed she was suffering a severe psychological illness only diagnosed in adults. Okay, so mentally, she was diagnosed as someone older because whatever she was going through had to be, you know, apparently it only shows up in adults. Which again, if you're looking at this from this perspective of like, there's two sides to every story, a troubled youth, you know, there could be some mental, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist. But at the same time, I'd imagine you would have, there would be psychological effects of, you know, being passed around in the foster care or adoptive system. Okay. Uh, She also says that she was jumping out of moving cars. She was smearing blood on mirrors. And she was doing things that you could never imagine a little child doing. Um, In addition to this, her parents, so Christine and Michael, um, they had another son. I believe they have three children. We'll, we'll see later. Um, but one of their first children, uh, had autism. Okay. And he was like a child prodigy. So it says that, uh, he had his first academic paper published at 12 years old. And by 15, he was studying at a prestigious physics Institute. So like this kid was a freaking genius. Mm-hmm. So like they, um, it, it also goes on to say in this article that they ran a daycare, basically. And they were they took in foster kids okay. as well. So they were experienced with foster kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were experienced with kids in general. Mm-hmm. So when they got this, you know, when they were trying to help out by doing this emergency adoption, like, it's not like they were inexperienced parents. Obviously, they had a kid with autism. Right. And they, they obviously parented him well because he's a genius um and they knew how to deal with kids and they get this kid and they're saying like you know from day one like there are red flags going off all over the place 
Um, okay, yeah, this, this next part, it says that they're experienced foster parents who ran a child's daycare from their Indiana home. Okay, so the mom's side of the story again. Uh, they were given 24 hours to complete an emergency adoption, and they raced to the adoption center in Florida. So they're in Indiana. They went to Florida to sign the paperwork and meet their six-year-old, quote, six-year-old daughter. They gleaned precious few details of her background. Natalia was, had been in the U.S. for two years, had a Ukrainian birth certificate reading September the 4th of 2003, and needed a home immediately because her previous adoptive parents suddenly gave her up for undisclosed reasons. Okay. So that's a little bit of a red flag. Yeah. Now, I mean, things, again, things like that happen in the, you know, I mean, this is adoption, though. This isn't just foster care. Like, this is adoption. Um, but, you know, they were not told what happened. They were just told this kid needs an emergency adoption because her previous family dropped her, basically. You know, like, they're not, they fell through. So they were like, yeah, we'll go ahead. We'll go ahead with this adoption. Um, it says over the next few days that they showered Natalia with attention. They took her to Disney World, gave her ice cream treats and pillow fights, all that fun stuff. It, okay. Yeah. With her three brothers. Um, so they already had three kids. Again, they know how to treat children. They were trying to pamper this girl because she had been through this traumatic experience. Right. Mm. So you want to do that. They did notice immediately in the parking lot of the adoption center, I guess, that she couldn't walk. And there was nothing in the paperwork that had said that. Okay, so that's, again, another red flag. Um, now, again, she has dwarfism, so it makes sense that she would have issues with her legs, mm -hmm. right? But they're saying that when they first got her, like, she just couldn't walk at all. And they were never told that. Okay, well, then you jump down and there's a story when they took her to the beach. So she says that the boys rushed into the water and Natalia wanted to be carried into the ocean. But Michael and myself were physically exhausted, so we asked her to wait just a few minutes. Uh, with that, she just got up and ran into the ocean. I remember looking at Mike and thinking, what's going on? She couldn't walk a second ago, and now she just got up and ran. Well, I, I don't know if I need to preface this. Um, I won't read it word for word, but basically, the first time that they gave her a bath, they noticed that she had pubic hair. Uh, so, again, she was supposed to be six years old, and she's showing these signs that she is much older than six years old. Um, it says that there were further clues to this apparent deception. Natalia shunned dolls and toys. She sought the company of teenage girls and appeared to use sophisticated vocabulary way beyond someone her age. She didn't have any trace of a foreign accent. And when the family asked a Ukrainian friend to speak in their native language, Natalia couldn't understand or describe her homeland. Okay, so again, red flags all over the place. Like, what is going on? This is so weird. Because um, you can imagine, from their point of view, if everything that she's saying is true, from their point of view, like, they wanted to, they had compassion on mm -hmm. this girl. It, it, it had to be this emergency, you know, 24-hour adoption. So they rush, I guess they jump in the car, jump on a plane, I don't know. They go to Florida um, and they pick her up, you know, and they're, it's her daughter. But then it's like, 
So this was all done through an things. adoption agency in I, Florida? I guess it doesn't say. It, it doesn't give any details. So I'm not sure exactly what it is. Um, now, that sa- the only thing that it talks about is that she has a Ukrainian birth certificate. So, you know, how she got that is kind of the question. You know, maybe, maybe the adoption agency isn't at fault. Maybe, you know, but I, I don't know. I don't know how much research they do on the children that they get. I have no clue how, you know, the adoption system in Florida works. Okay, so this is another thing uh, the mom mentions. At the time, I ran a little school, and I remember she said to me, these children are exhausting. I don't know how you do it. And she was like, you're supposed to be a child yourself. It was like something another mom would say as she dropped her kids off. Um, She said that it's very hard to decipher how old she is because she has a unique look. Again, she has the dwarfism, you know, and and issues, development issues. Mm -hmm. She's like three feet tall. Um, But at the time, I started to believe that she was probably a teenager. Um, She said that soon she began finding bloody clothing in the trash, suggesting Natalia was having her period and trying to conceal the evidence. So it wasn't even like she was making it obvious. She was like intentionally trying to hide the fact that she was on her period from her parents. Again, someone who's supposed to be six years old. I mean, it's like, sure, if you want to, if you want to like stretch it a little bit, you could say, okay, well, this happened extremely early and maybe she's just embarrassed, you know, like maybe, maybe she got but in trouble. But a six-year-old some- wouldn't even know, yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. A six-year-old wouldn't have even really been taught what a period is yet. So if they saw yeah. blood on themselves, they would go tell someone yeah yeah you'd think it would be so um okay this this next part is really interesting because we'll come back to it later so it says that uh christine sought out the help of her family physician who ordered bone density tests to establish her age uh when the results suggested that the little girl was indeed at least 14 or older um christine says that she switched the princess outfits and pink dresses for more appropriate clothes Okay, so she figured she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, you know, it's still it's weird, but it's like she wasn't. I don't know. She wasn't, you know, about to like take her back to the yeah. adoption agency, right? Um, but as questions swirled around her age and true identity, Natalia's behavior begun to deteriorate. Um, Christine recalls watching a ghast on a baby monitor as Natalia attacked a baby boy when she was out of the room. When they attended therapy together, Natalia scoffed at the childish bonding exercises. And by 2011, Christine says that Natalia was smearing bodily fluid on walls, making death threats, and hearing voices as her mental health broke down. Okay, so it just got worse and worse and worse. Again, this is over the course. So by 2011, that would have been two years. Mm -hmm. They'd had her for two years at that point, and things had just gotten, continued to get worse because. Like, again, from her point of view, it seems like this kid knew that she was not a kid, or at least she was older than a kid, and was trying to hide that fact. And after her parents found out, she kind of went ballistic, you know, like she was upset and just started going downhill. 
Um, she claims that she tried that Natalia had tried to drag her onto an electric fence during a 2012 birthday outing, and Natalia was placed long term at a state run psychiatric unit because she allegedly posed a risk to others. It was during treatment that Christine insists that Natalia confessed to being far older than she appeared. Um, Christine actually showed the, this, the Daily Mail a trove of paperwork that appears to confirm her version of the events and that healthcare professionals shared her grave concerns. One clinical therapist in January 2012 said Natalia claimed to them that she was 18. Um, then, at a hospital in Indianapolis, uh, in June of that same year, staff said that she had described how she had tried to kill family members and had no remorse about it, with Natalia going as far as to describe it as fun to the staff. The most revealing of all is perhaps a letter from the Barnett's primary care physician in which he says that Natalia's 2003 birth date was clearly inaccurate and that Natalia had made a career out of pretending to be a young child. He said Natalia fooled him, her parents, and other physicians. So at this point, the Barnetts um, basically tried to get like the FBI involved, you know, to see if it was a, you know fraud in terms of her coming into the country as a child when she was not a child, mm-hmm. you know, or so, if something you know something had happened like that, like <laughs> yeah, basically come to America and then posed as a child because she has dwarfism and got into the adoption agency somehow. You know, and and has continued to just act like a child so that she could stay in the country. Um, But apparently that didn't go anywhere, though in documents seen by Daily Mail, um, there was a judge that accepted the couple's allegations were true and revised Natalia's birth date, excuse me, revised Natalia's date of birth to September 4th, 1989, changing her age from eight years old to 22 years old. So at this point, Natalia was then considered an adult legally. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and jump down and quit reading the article for now um, and just give a little summary of what happened is that at that point, because Natalia was an adult, she no longer could, you know, take orders from her parents. Like she couldn't stay at a, she didn't have to continue going to therapy Mm -hmm. because she's an adult and she gets to choose whether or not she wanted to do that. So, um, with the Barnett's son getting older and getting ready to go off to college, apparently he was going to a prestigious university in Canada, they got an apartment for Natalia, and they paid an entire year in advance, is what they claimed. Um, One thing, her mom says that she was optimistic, she had a concrete plan for her life, she had food stamps, she had social security income for the rest of her things, and she had demonstrated that she was able to live. Okay? So in her mind... She was like, we set her up, we did what we could. She's an adult, so she needs to be able to live on her own, basically. And they moved to Canada along with their son, who, uh, yeah, it says, was going to the Perimeter Institute for Theoretical Physics. Oh, it says that she, Natalia, caused problems at the property? Like, I guess her apartment? Yes. And was evicted, and they stepped in. To prevent her from being homeless, renting a new apartment (laughs) for Mm -hmm. her. Yep. And again, like paying in advance so that she could live there. Um, 
So then it says in 2013 was the last time that they spoke on the phone. Um, again, they weren't trying to abandon her. They still kept in contact. Um, but then Natalia cut him off. Like, they didn't hear from her. So, okay. They kind of just went on with their life. Um, so, going back to the start of this article, they were charged with neglect of a minor. Like, again, the, the, the you know, whoever's bringing these charges Even though against, legally she was a 22-year-old. Well, that's, that's where it gets gray. So, in, um, in the documents used to charge them, um, this this comes up in the article. So a September 11th affidavit of probable cause obtained by the Daily Mail states that an expert at another hospital named Dr. Riggs carried out bone density tests on Natalia in June 2010, and it concluded that she was approximately eight years old. A further skeletal test carried out two years later at the same facility concluded she was around 11 years old. The affidavit reveals that it was Natalia herself who told police in 2014 that she had been left alone when her adoptive parents moved to Canada, with cops concluding that she was a reliable and credible witness. Um, so it, it, we don't know why it was five years after that that charges were actually filed. That's kind of weird. Um, but at, in 2014 is when she kind of. I guess maybe she had gotten in, in trouble with the police or something like that. Somehow, she was in contact with the police and talked about how her parents left her there. Uh, so there's conflicting evidence, and this was the thing that I was just like, wait, what? So on two separate bone density tests say that she was 8 to 10 years old back in 2010, I guess. So that would have been what, three years after? So if, if her birth certificate says she was born in 2003, that would have put her at seven years old, where the skeletal tests concluded around 11 years old, and the one two years before that said seven. So it's a little, I mean, none of it is exact, mm -hmm. but that lines up more with what her birth certificate says, contrary to everything that her adoptive mom, Christine, had been saying. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that makes it so weird to me is like, like, is this just made up? But at the same time, like, can you imagine someone just leaving a, you know, an 11-year-old in an apartment to live by herself? Well, you and know, also like, like her previous like adoptive family just like dropping her off at it like a foster care or like an adoption agency. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it, yeah, it seems, it seems really weird. Here's another weird thing. Okay. Uh, the, so this is something from the police affidavit is that Mike, so Michael and Christine, the adoptive parents have since divorced in the time, you know, between when they were charged and, uh, you know, when they had moved to Canada. So the police affidavit says that Michael Barnett admitted that Christine Barnett told Natalia to tell others that Natalia looks young, but was actually 22. So he had said that they had put that in her head. 
um, and that they knew that she was actually a child. Apparently, he had said that, and that is in a police affidavit. <laughs> to which, obviously, Christine's like, no, that's not true. Uh, she said the police knocked on Michael's door, and he spoke to them for three hours without an attorney present. The statements he gave were clearly taken out of context. Um, so she denies that. But at the same time, I mean, this, like, what con- in what context is, can that... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems... Like, nothing about this makes sense. Yeah. Nothing about this makes sense. Because uh, as you read the article, and I mean, we've spent a lot of time on it. Sorry, guys. I've just read an article. Welcome to the podcast where we read articles <laughs> out loud. Um, but, like, going through it, it's like, okay, no, this, you know, like, th- there's this one story that's being told from the, Christine's perspective. But then it's like all this other evidence that doesn't add up. I was like, wait a second, are you just saying this because, you know, you've got cameras on you and you've rehearsed this? Or like, but then also, what is the, again, I go back to what is the the point? Like, what was her, why would she have done this? You know, mm-hmm. why would they adopt a child just to abandon her three years later? Yeah. You know, that that seems kind of crazy. Maybe it's me, you know, wanting to believe the best in people. But again, for someone who like, has three other children for someone who who was running a daycare like it just it just doesn't seem to add up okay so then on top of that when we got when we sat down to start recording this podcast i went to look for this article again and there was an update that had just come out earlier today um so this is another like 30 word headline from the Daily Mail. Exclusive. Ukrainian dwarf adopted by American couple who claimed that she, was, that she was an adult sociopath masquerading as a child is now living in Indiana with a new devout Christian family of five who believe that she was abandoned by them. So, she's found another family who've, who've taken her in. So again, it's like, wait, is, is she... Is she claiming to them that she's really young or is she claiming that she's a teenager? Well, by this point, by this point, 2019, if her birth certificate was accurate at 2003, she'd be 16. 16, yeah. So she would be a teenager. So I'm sure that that's what she's claiming that she is, Mm -hmm. Um, just like she had claimed to the police that she was, you know, that she was abandoned by her previous adoptive parents who moved to Canada. Um, but, like, the story continues. Like, she's actually found another family. So whether you believe, like, okay, she is young, she has been, you know, a child this entire time, and she's found another family, or the other side of it, like, whether she's just continuing down the same road and finding someone else as an adult to like, so she was left on her own for how many years? Well, I mean, that it doesn't say what has happened in the interim, um, but they left her in 2013. 2014 is when she had told the police uh, that she was abandoned and her adoptive parents were not charged until this year, until 2019. 
So the the article actually mentions like there's no reasons were given why it took five years to charge them. But it was probably because legal issues twenty two year old. That's true. And they had to figure all this crap out. That's true. Maybe in the before interim. Before they could charge them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the interim they got that repealed or something like that. Because it, it like specifically named the judge who had said that she was an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a, little, it's a little wishy-washy in some of the facts. But it's just so weird. Like, I mean, if you believe Christine's side of the story, which honestly seems the most plausible at this point, Although, um, you know, like the scripture says, like one side seems to be the truth until someone else comes and and gives you the full, you know, the other side of the story. So like, obviously this is written from her perspective, but if you believe her side of the story, like, then it's a story about an adult who came to America and pretended to be a child, like wants to be treated like a child so that she could be taken care of. But then under the care of other people is like, well, I mean, like the article says, is a sociopath. Like she is doing things, like she literally told her parents that she was trying to poison them and did things like intentionally to hurt them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, it sounds like a horror movie. It is actually, there's a horror movie that in the article references it. I've never seen it, but it's called Orphan that basically uses this exact same plot. Like there's a child, a little girl who has dwarfism and like she kills her parent. Like that's the horror, you know, uh, it was her the whole time. It was the kid the whole time because the kid's not a kid. It's an adult. Um, she's a mass murderer. Like that's, this doesn't sound real. <laughs> This sounds made up. Like, it sounds like someone wrote a story, like a mystery novel. Um, anyways, this was just like the most insane thing that I've read in quite a while. And I wanted to share it because I'm just like, how does this, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to do with this. This is crazy. I need closure. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, but this is like breaking news. Like, seriously, in the last two days since I first pulled up the article, now, you know, the same publication, the exclusive is that they found out that she's living with someone else. She has another family. Um, And the crazy thing, I showed you right before we started, I'll put links in the description of this episode, Um, but, like, you can see, like, each article gives pictures, Mm -hmm. and you can see, like, how much older she looks now than when she did with her previous adoptive parents. And so, like, that, that's just so weird to me, because it's like, like, yeah, in, in the six years or whatever, like, a child would age pretty significantly. And you look at these pictures, and it's like, this is a big change. Like, was she really, like, was she telling the truth? Like, I, I don't know. Like, or was that a 22-year-old aging to a 29-year-old? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Because obviously you would age during that time as well, but it wouldn't be quite as significant. But then does the dwarfism... I mean, I look different than I did when I was 22. (laughs) Right, but but it's not as drastic a change of when you went from 8 years old to 16 years old. Well, yeah. You know? (laughs) Well, that's 8 years. Sorry, my math is off. Wait, 22 to 30. Yeah, okay, 8 years. Okay, I got it. Sorry. (laughs) 
simple math. Um, so it's just, it's, yeah, it's insane. She would look very different. Like, her body would look very different. Uh, well, that... Not just her face. That's the curveball, though, is the dwarfism. Is like, how how do you factor that in Her body in would still well? look different. Yeah. So, I used, there was a show that used to be on TLC that was about, like, a dwarf family. Okay. And I used to watch it. Mm-hmm. So I know these things. <laughs> well, but is dwarfism always the same in the way that it affects you? Um, I mean, there are different types of dwarfism, mm-hmm. but, like, dwarfism or not, like, like, their bodies still develop from, like, adolescent to adult. Mm-hmm. It's just on a smaller scale because they're smaller. Yeah. But it's still obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's just so weird. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I, ser- I'm leaning towards, again, Christine, like, I, I'm leaning towards her telling the truth. But it's just, like, there's so many holes. It's so weird. Yeah. I don't get it. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's had me, like... Well, because it's not, like, just her word for it. Like, that she right. has evidence of, like, doctors exactly. saying that, like, this... I mean, they wouldn't have been able to get her, like, age legally changed if it wasn't for the medical evidence that they had. Mm-hmm. So, like... Right, but then you have the bone density tests. You have multiple tests right. saying that she was younger. Which again, I don't know if the dwarfism like does, you know, if that's But a medical the... professional would take that into account. Like they would right. know the difference. Yeah. 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 Which is just I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm baffled. This is so weird. It's like the second season of making a murderer. You just don't know. <laughs> it, You're like totally. did he did he kill her? Didn't he? Yeah. I don't know anymore. Right. In the first season, I was sure he didn't, but now I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But apparently someone has come forward and said that they killed her. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's kind of crazy. So, someone, yeah. Someone else who was like a convicted killer who was already in prison. Interesting. Came forward and confessed to killing her. So we'll see. So we'll, we'll see, see how that, that goes. all plays yeah. out. Yeah. In the third season of Making a Murderer, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. We'll have to... We'll have to check that out. But yeah, this is totally, it reminded me of um, that movie, Three Identical Strangers also, because it oh, just, yeah. that one kind of took a turn. I guess it is more like making a murderer where it's like, there's nothing, there's not like a smoking gun, you know, there's nothing like, it didn't completely change the story. It's just like, whoa, now I don't, like I thought it was one way and now I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Like, now I really just don't know. Now I'm confused by all this conflicting evidence. Like, how does this all fit together? Um, because I just don't get it. Like, yeah. I don't understand. So the other thing, reading this whole story, um, it's also made me question, again, because this is take a, taken up, like, just because I've been thinking about it for a while, it's like, 
What is it about something like this that is so intriguing? Right? Because on the one hand, uh, like, it's just a mystery, and I just want to figure it out. Yeah. Right? There's definitely that. But then it's also, um, you know, in the context of like, oh, this was made into a horror movie, like, there's something very devious going on here, right? Because whether it was her lying and being a sociopath. Well, the movie wasn't based on this actual. No, it wasn't. No, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to infer that it was. Okay. I just meant that, like, it, it was similar to, like, you could take the, you know, that perspective of, you know, just like, ah, you know, horror, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I mean, there is something, something is wrong here, right? Whether it's Natalia that's lying about her age and she's a sociopath or whether it's Christine lying about, you know, these test results just so that they can get out of abandoning this child, this very, very difficult child. Like something is not right. Mm -hmm. Someone has done something wrong. Um, and that made me kind of think about, again, because I'm just thinking about this article, <laughs> it made me think about how, like, um, how when things are not the way that they should be, how it's, it's intriguing, how we often want to, like, figure it out, or how those are the types of stories that kind of get our interest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily... I mean, there, there's arguments that can be made, but it's not, you know, there's never going to be an, uh, a newspaper article that's an exclusive, like, today was a great day, it was sunny, and, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, the the Yeah, we live in a fallen world, we're not in a utopia, it's never going to be utopian-ish. <laughs> well, right, I actually just found out recently, I feel stupid, because I just, yeah, because I was 30 years old when I found this out. Is that the word utopia literally means no place. Uh, like the word itself means that it's not possible. Mm. Like he knew that when he wrote, I think it was Thomas More who wrote the book Utopia. I could be wrong on that. Anyways. Um, so th- I, I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Like utopia is literally not a place. Like it's, <laughs> there's no place like that. Um, but yeah. So how just like evil and, and the, the, devious nature of humanity is intriguing to us. And I thought mm-hmm. about it in the context of like, even how, um, you know, we get a lot of entertainment that is dark and gritty. You know, it seems like there was this turn over the past, I don't know, 20 years or so to make things darker and to make things more, uh, th- like there's more intrigue if you add more, adult material, you know, gore and language and sex and, you know, betrayal and all this stuff into storylines to get people interested in what's going on within the story. And so it, it had me thinking about like, why, you know, why is it, why are we like that? Why is that the kind of stuff? Why, you know, one thing, so I know this is stupid superheroes, right? Okay, it's not a big deal. But I think about even even Superman, how old Superman's stories were. He was like this paragon of goodness, right? Like his catchphrase was truth, justice, and the American way. Like how different is that from the Superman stories that 
Wait, you know, is we that see nowadays. Superman or is Superman. that Captain America? No, Superman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like he literally referenced how, you know, America was a good thing. Whereas you don't see, like, that is not the Superman that's on, you know, in the movies now. Now it's the Man of Steel who snaps the necks of his enemies and is conflicted and doesn't know what right and wrong is. Like, that's almost the opposite. Like, I'm just saying, like, that's what has happened to um, our ideals of goodness. They, we, we've tried to make them more interesting by saying, oh, well, actually, they're a very conflicted character. Actually, they don't know the difference between right and wrong. Actually, they're having these internal struggles to make it more intriguing. Now, a story about a character who is altogether good seems quaint, right? Seems unrealistic. And I think that's... Well, it is unrealistic. Right. But I think that that was like the the shtick of it. Like, mm-hmm. that's what made it appealing. Yeah. Was because... I mean, it's like, it's, it's funny. Um, I recently like got finished watching the whole Parks and Rec series mm-hmm. for, I don't know how, I don't know what number this was, <laughs> how many times I've done that. Cause I love that show. Um, but like Leslie, nope, like mm-hmm. her character is so completely unrealistic cause she's absolutely, she's good at everything. Mm-hmm. And she like, does her job multiple jobs and does everything and bakes cookies for people on top of the lit. Like it's, it's unrealistic. Yeah. Right. Um, but like we're drawn to that. Like we're drawn to those unrealistic characters who, I mean, look at, yeah, all the superhero movies, like, superheroes are completely unrealistic yeah (laughs) people don't have superpowers well yeah Uh, (laughs) um because we want to escape reality um but then there's also like the flip side of make like what you're talking about with making reality even darker Mm -hmm. um which Reality is already really dark. Like we don't need it to be even darker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like that's also appealing because mm-hmm. we also like looking at characters who are um, worse than we are yeah. and feel better about ourselves. Yeah. 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 I think it's also more relatable because we can, you know, we tend to exaggerate the bad stuff in our head. Mm. So it's more relatable when we have a character like trading in that idealistic version of Superman. I'm just going with the same theme here <laughs> of Superman um where he once was an ideal of what we ought to be, right? Mm-hmm. We ought to be that superman above mankind. Um better than we are. We've traded that in for someone that we that's more relatable, someone that we can actually be like, oh, he's more like me. I can see part of myself in him because he's a conflicted jerk, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because he has these problems because he doesn't measure up to the ideal of goodness, right? Um, so I just, yeah, I just find that to be really interesting and it's something it's something that i wrestle with because on the one hand i also don't want to be like 
you know, in, in terms of like entertainment and art and telling stories, I can't say that you shouldn't do that. Like, yeah, ask the hard questions, you know, create characters that, that have to deal with these difficult topics of, of human experience. Um, so I'm not against it in, in that sense. Um, there are other issues that I take when you fundamentally change it. But we also need like a goal, right? I mean, it's like those personality tests. Like, mm-hmm. why why do you take those? Like, I mean, yeah, you can take them just for fun. Mm-hmm. But like, I think they can be equally as damaging as they can be helpful. Yeah. Because you can use them to identify certain things in yourself to better yourself Mm -hmm. to know your weaknesses which is how i think you're supposed to use them yeah but then you can also use them as a crutch like oh Mm -hmm. this is just the way i am yeah Ugh. even just saying that it gets under my skin (laughs) like grow up (laughs) yeah um yeah i don't remember where i was going with that okay but no, yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Uh, I think that's, that's so true. Um, it's not even just, yeah, the information. It's like what you do with it, what your purpose is behind it. Oh, that's where I was going. It was like, yeah, with these characters, like we need we need a goal. Like, yeah, yeah it's good that you have like a realistic, relatable character, but they mm-hmm. need to be trying to better themselves in some way, yeah. not just being content with being an sorry i was gonna say with being a jerk i was gonna say a different word (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) forgot there was a microphone in front of me i was just talking to you for a second so weird (laughs) just talking (laughs) um and yeah not being content with just the fact that like they're a jerk Mm -hmm. um but actually like noticing that they're a jerk and trying to not be a jerk. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I could be totally off base on this and I'm going to totally butcher it. So forgive me in advance for anyone who actually knows what I'm referencing. I believe it's in J.R.R. Tolkien's um, uh, little pamphlet, his little manifesto um, on fairy stories, but I could be totally off. This could be from C.S. Lewis. I don't, I don't recall. Um, but he says something to the effect of children need um need to see the knight in shining armor defeating the dragon not because not to tell them that they can do anything or that they are the the knight in shining armor in every situation but when you face a dragon in real life to know that it can be defeated mm. so it's like these these ideals are necessary, I would say. I mean, I think I do think that's the beauty of fiction in mm-hmm. general is to to put yourself in this. Um, and I mean, we've railed against it multiple times. Is that um, you know that's not necessary. That's not what scripture does with its heroes. Um, it's certainly what it does with Christ because Christ was perfect, but not that we can live up to Christ's perfection. Right. <laughs> so, so it's totally different. It's not what, what scripture, scripture is doing something totally different. It's, mm-hmm. you know, God communicating through history, the story of redemption. Um, but fiction can teach us things, 
Um, and it can show us that ideal um, that we then put into practice. We, we can, yeah, I, I just love how that is said, even though, again, I'm butchering it, is <laughs> to know that dragons can be defeated, to know that the difficulties in your life don't have to put you out. Yeah. That you can get back up, that you can't, that there is a way to fight against what you're, whatever it is that you're going through. Um, that this is not the end, that there is more and that you can continue. Like, I just think that's, yeah, that's a great message. While, all, yeah, again, I'm not saying that you can't tell stories that are, you know, full of depravity and, you know, f- fight with the really dark issues of life. No, but I think there's also something to be said about ideals. And, uh, and their place, especially, especially for children. Yeah. You know, especially formative, like just knowing. The whole good defeating evil. Yeah. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. There's, there's more rabbit trails that I can chase that are just like <laughs> popping into my head, but it is already getting late. Yeah. So I think we're going to have to wrap this up. Um, so this has been quite the random smattering of topics. Yeah, I'm wondering if we should like break this up into like two different episodes because one, it's really long. Um, is it? But two, we almost like talked about two different subjects. That's true. <laughs> we did. So it's like, hey, you want to hear our crazy story that we were talking about and then do you want to hear like thoughts on stories in general i don't know yeah Mm. all right so that was fun that was quite the conversation i I don't know quite the conversation yeah i i like these fun kinds of conversations every once in a while not not having to be too serious but then seeing where it takes us yeah i like talking with you I like talking with you. <laughs> you're my favorite. Oh, you're my favorite. Um, do you have any recommendations for anyone out there? Mm. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm quiet because I'm debating <laughs> on whether or not I should reco this. Uh-oh. Okay, I'll just reco it because I, I, I don't know if I'd say I enjoyed watching it. <laughs> Anyways, I'll just say it. I watched um, a series. It's not an original Netflix series, but it's like a, a docu series, whatever. Um, and it's called, I guess it was aired. I think it was aired on TV at some point because it has that kind of feel. Um, but it's called Surviving R. Kelly. Okay. And. It's, I mean, if you enjoy true crime stuff like I do, um, then you'd probably be interested in it. But it is very, like, disturbing and mm-hmm. really sad and infuriating. Yeah. So if you're willing to undergo all of those emotions and cry, <laughs> Jeez. Then watch it. R. Kelly's a monster. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. I have no thoughts. 
Never been a fan of R. Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Well, ne- neither have I. Like, I never, besides the stuff that was, like, on the radio that I heard, I never right. really listened to his music or, yeah, I don't know, looked into anything that he was doing because I never paid attention to him. Um, so, yeah. It wasn't until maybe, like, a few years ago that I even, like, heard about any of the allegations. Mm-hmm. And so... Yep, but it's awful. <laughs> well, fun. <laughs> that's, that's my recommendation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you know why I was questioning why I should if I should even <laughs> mention it. But there you go. But here we are. Cats out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want something good, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, I've I've found like a a ton of new bands lately, and I've really enjoyed it. Today, one that I found is this progressive band that used to be like hardcore metal, that has since turned much more uh, like rock progressive, almost sort of like Tool, but more calm than Tool, if that makes sense. And I guess newer Tool is kind of calm. Anyways, it's a band called The Contortionist. Go check them out; they're really good. They're amazing musicians. So, the contortionist. Um, all right. If you have any recommendations for us or any comments, questions, anything fun like that, you can always reach out to us a number of different ways on Facebook. We are facebook.com slash so talk to me. You can email us at so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. On Instagram, our handle is so talk to me podcast. And Twitter, our handle is so underscore talk to me. That's all of the ways you can contact us. All right. All right. So. Well, if you're a sane person, you've probably already tuned out by now because it's been like an hour and a half. So. But we told you that you'd be <laughs> questioning it at the start of the podcast. Now you know why I said it that way at the very beginning. Go talk to your spouse. What? You keep phrasing things as questions. That's what I'm saying. Uh, okay. That's what I was referencing. <laughs> Were you not listening to me? You're speaking very high. Okay, yeah. let's let's good night. Bye. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs>